Persons listening to this show should experience varying degrees of euphoria and might radiate a warm glow of truth from their entire being. This phenomenon sometimes lasts hours after a typical brain massage. If you are listening with another Lights On listener and they begin to glow, don't be concerned. This is a phenomenon normally associated with Pastor Scheidbach's patented brain massage technique and merely means the truth has set them free. The devil beware. Pastor Scheidbach is on the air. Hello, I'm Dr. Scheidbach, pastor of the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Santa Maria, California, and your brain masseur, get ready for your brain massage. For the Lord is our judge, the Lord is our lawgiver, the Lord is our king, he will save us. Isaiah 33, verse 22. I want you to think about that as we proceed this, uh, this afternoon, or morning, depending on when you're listening. Are you interested in Bible prophecy? Let me explain the significance of Daniel's prophecy concerning the Western powers and what I mean when I say the sun is setting in the West. Tucker interviews Putin. Wow. He went straight to the essential question, why did you do it? And Putin's response was surprising to Tucker. And I'll explain why and summarize that interview for you. Hawaii strikes down the Second Amendment. Obama, in his first and second and now in his third term through the Biden administration, has made the Constitution virtually irrelevant, and he didn't accomplish that without a whole lot of help. Soros et al., uh, Hillary, and so on. Anyway, take care of others before we take care of our own? Is that really a Christian ethic? What about our borders? Now, what's going on here, friend, isn't immigration, it's invasion. And uh, why a Christian can support Trump. I was asked by a new friend this week, uh, what does a Christian do with Trump? The enigma. He talked about some of the things that came up concerning his past and whatever. Uh, And I will explain to you the context of that question, why it's a very good question, and how I respond. Okay, my friends, it's time for your brain massage. Truth. Served here, flavored by delectable wit, delicious sarcasm, succulent sagacity. A gourmet meal for the mind. Did you know that the concept of separation of powers comes from the Bible? Now listen to this. For the Lord is our judge. Now that's the judiciary. The Lord is our lawgiver. That's the legislature. And the Lord is our king. That's the executive. He will save us. Isaiah 33, 22. And if we bring these back unto the Lord, we will indeed be saved. You see, this is in the so-called theocracy of Israel. The king was the executive, and the priests served as the judges. They heard controversies and applied the law of God to judge cases, or to resolve cases. The written law of Moses served as the constitution, which afforded equal justice under the law, and if clarification and additional divine insight or some word from God was needed, the prophets were sent with a message from God. You see, the body of literature from the prophets served the role of the legislature. The king often submitted himself to the messages of God delivered through the prophets. Nathan rebuked King David in the matter of Bathsheba, 2 Samuel 12. And later, Gad rebuked him in the matter of the numbering of the people, 2 Samuel 24. Uh, There are several cases, actually, throughout the kings where uh, the prophets served as God's mouthpiece to the kings, kind of laying down the law on them, revealing God's mind on matters of state and society. The king was strictly forbidden from encroaching into the office of the priests. 
Saul, the first king of Israel, attempted to officiate a sacrifice, usurping the role of Samuel, the high priest, and God fired him. Yeah, read about that in 1 Samuel 13, uh, 8 to 14. By the way, another king, much later in Israel's history, a guy named Uzziah, he attempted to encroach on the office of Azariah, the high priest, and God struck him with leprosy. Read about that in 2 Chronicles 26, 17 to 21. So God enforced a strict separation of powers in Israel. Uh, it was not all concentrated in the king, as it was in the pagan countries. There are many other features of Israel's governing system that are incorporated in our system. You know, the idea of law being above the king. Deuteronomy 17 clearly puts the king under the law of God. Uh, in pagan cultures, the king was the law. But in Israel, the king was under the law. Americans are all under the law of the land, which is the Constitution, and all public officials swear an oath not to the country and not to the government, but to the Constitution, the law of the land. Israel's kings swore allegiance to the law of God declared in the written law of Moses. So you can see the similarities. In fact, I've got some messages upcoming in July that will show how the Constitution itself especially the Bill of Rights, are founded upon and grow out of the Bible. Israel's king swore allegiance to the law of God declared in the written law of Moses. Their constitution, like ours, provided safeguards against unruly kings, priests, and prophets, whose authority was limited by the law of God. I've mentioned it before, but the idea of the consent of the governed, it's a biblical principle. Remember when God chose David to be king in the place of Saul? Well, David did not form an army and go overthrow Saul. Now, that's how it would be done in the heathen world. Instead, David waited until God removed Saul. And even then, he didn't have his army uh, install him to the throne. Instead, the people had to accept him as king. And many tribes were slow to come around to that, by the way. I mean, we're talking some years here. At no point, I think it was seven years, at no point did David force himself on the people. He waited until the people of Israel acknowledged him willingly as their king. In Hosea 8 verse 4, God complains that his people set up kings contrary to his will, men that he did not appoint or even recognize. The prophet Hosea said that God complained they put men in positions of power in government that he didn't acknowledge. You see, it's simply not true that every person who holds power in government holds it by God's divine appointment. That's a lie, friend. God did not make Biden president. Biden and those who helped him steal the election forced him onto the American people. Obama, Mr. America is no longer a Christian nation, remember that, was not made president by God. God acknowledges the people's right of consent it's a divine principle with him. We have a government in place right now that is actually illegitimate. Uh, they called Trump's presidency illegitimate because the arrogant left believe only they have the right to hold power in America. And they believe power is taken and held by might. We believe power is obtained and held by right. The elections in America are the only way we get the government we deserve. It's often said, you have the government you deserve. Well, that's only if we have fair and transparent elections. If the elections are rigged, if they are controlled by ballot stuffing and mail-in balloting, 
manipulated by tampering with the voting machines. We know that has happened and can happen. Interfered with by weaponizing the government against a political candidate ongoing right now. And by violating free speech and using the government power to hide from the American people the truth about certain candidates. Biden, right? Uh, Russia collusion? How about Chinese uh, Communist Party collusion? Anyway, or controlling the narrative by violating free speech of the American people, then we can't know the voice of the American people. So, friend, we're not getting the government we deserve. We're getting the government they forced on us. And that's very, very important with regard to the message I'm preaching this Sunday. Don't miss it. The wicked have taken this government by force in violation of our laws. We must get the right of consent returned to the people. Because what's happened is Obama, and yeah, it has been going on in the background for a long time. I know that. But when Obama got in, he and Biden established, according to Biden, the most extensive and organized election fraud system in American history. Now, we were able to beat it in 2016 because we surprised them by simply overwhelming their system. Well, they regrouped and doubled down and went all out to steal 2020, but doing so exposed them. Now we know what's going on. It's harder to steal uh, when they're exposed by the light, and they're afraid. It seems there is no limit to how far these crazy people will go, these children of disobedience. There's no telling how far they will go, uh, so, so that many of us are concerned they will push this country into civil war before yielding power to the people or try to assassinate Trump. Listen, it's not about power to Trump. It's about returning the power to the people. They have, that's why they're afraid of him because he's declared his intent to do so. They have fully weaponized the FBI, the entire Department of Justice, including many of the courts. They have corrupted the executive and legislative and the judiciary almost entirely. But thankfully, we woke up early enough. They haven't quite got it all. But you can see how sick each branch is right now. You see it daily. The executive thoroughly corrupted with the Department of Justice made into a political weapon in the hands of the deep state. The legislative is corrupt with 30 senators bought by the CCP. And I've got the receipts. A conservative game is being played, all right, conning us. And even those we might recognize as conservatives are weak. I mean, there's little but only a little strength among a small band of genuine American patriots in the House right now, and even fewer in the Senate. They are weak, my friend, and they won't, they, they just seem to be incapable of using the power we've given them to stop the raping of the American people. You know, a hearing's going on today up there uh, yeah, in Congress. A great speech was delivered, I think it was Rubio, who made the very good point that most Americans probably have some sympathy for Ukraine, and I'll interject, that's because most Americans have been kept, purposely kept, ignorant about what's really going on there. But uh, they want to know, the people want to know why the borders of Ukraine are so important, but our own borders are not. Uh, he asked, uh, quote, how can you be helping Ukraine with their invasion, but not be helping America with its invasion? Well, I thought that was a pretty good question. The senator from Florida went on to show what's happening on the border is not immigration. It's mass migration, and it constitutes an invasion. From January 20th to 2021, he tells us, and we know this from other records, uh, until now, 
More than 3 million migrants have entered the United States illegally and have been released into the general population. Of the more than 3 million, 99% more, actually over 99%, are still here. More than 617,000 of these illegals released into our country have criminal convictions or they have criminal charges pending. By the way, these numbers represent what we know about. Does not include the military-aged Chinese nationals that have been spotted crossing without family and the terrorists that have slipped through. The misguided sympathies of some are easily taken advantage of. The Bible does not say we are responsible as Christians to take care of others before we take care of our own. That is not a Christian ethic. The Bible says if a man does not take care of his own, listen, especially those of his own house. Well, here, here I'll just read it to you. 1 Timothy 5.8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Do you catch that specially? We give special attention and interest to taking care of our own. You're not a good person if you sacrifice the blood and treasure of Americans to defend the borders of a foreign country while you refuse to stand up and defend our own homeland. I've got to go to break, but listen, the reason they don't protect America is they hate America. It's exactly what Rush Limbaugh said so many years ago. These people hate America as founded. It's as simple as that. They would not be doing this if they loved this country. It's not about Ukrainian freedom. It's all about destroying America. And it's got to stop. I'll be right back. Most believe Satan owns the world and has the right to rule it. They think Christians should leave politics to unbelievers, that believers have no place in government. Well, Christians, how's that working for you? You see, the fact is Satan has fed you a lie. Satan depends on Christians staying in the dark about the fact that Jesus Christ defeated him and Satan has no right to rule one square inch of territory on this planet. Learn the truth. It will set you free. Go to GodsWar2020.com. Let my people breathe. Unmasking the mass controversy with science and scripture. Available wherever you buy your books. The Devil Beware. Pastor Scheidbach is on the air. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Scheidbach, pastor of the Lighthouse. Your brain masseur and Paul Revere's lantern lighter. Lighting the lamps in the church belfry arch, singing the enemies on the march. An enemy that would steal from us our liberties. Hey, I, I met Steve and Holly Teixeira, founders of a fantastic outfit called 17 Strong. Uh, they provide what they call victory trips to cancer survivors. It gives a family uh, fighting through the sea thing something to look forward to. It encourages them to fight to survive. Uh, this, is, by the way, is not an advertisement. I like these people, and I like what they're doing. Uh, they're, n- they're not paying for this. Now, they didn't even ask me to do it. It's a totally non-political thing, my friend. It's about giving hope to people fighting cancer, And it was started by their own son, by the way, who bravely fought cancer. And he wanted to do this for others facing that battle. And this whole story inspires me. If you're looking for a place to donate where you'll touch lives in a hugely impactful and meaningful way, check out 17 Strong. You'll find their page online. Okay. Uh, Now, are you interested in Bible prophecy at all? I'm going to explain the significance of Daniel's prophecy concerning the Western powers. And what I mean when I say the sun is setting in the West. 
And that's a message I'm preaching this coming Sunday. You don't want to miss it. So let me begin by saying it. The sun is setting on the west. Uh, Daniel outlined the passing of the kingdom from one nation to the next during what is called the times of the Gentiles. Now I'll explain that. Hold on. The times of the Gentiles refers to the period of history during which the kingdom is out of the hands of Israel and put into the hands of Gentile nations. What's the kingdom? Uh, that is the kingdom of mankind. He gave to man stewardship over all the resources of the earth. It's in Genesis 1:26 and 27. It included rule over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the creatures that walk on the land. All right? And the earth itself, by the way. God was the only king of the kingdom of man at the beginning. But when Nimrod came along, he tried to pull the kingdom of man out from under God and make himself king. He was the first to set up a kingdom on the earth against God. Now, God commanded mankind to spread out over the whole earth. But Nimrod wanted to keep everyone together so, well, so he could rule them. He started the first kingdom on earth out from under God, and it was called Babylon, or Babel. And it became Babylon. He built a tower as a unifying gesture, the first one world government all under the watchful eye of the tower. Now, think about it. That's way back in the days of Nimrod, Genesis chapters 10 and 11. God destroyed that tower and scattered mankind all over the planet. Uh, and they went everywhere setting up little kingdoms and self-appointed kings. Thus was born the kingdoms of men. God then selected Abraham and promised to give his seed the kingdom, and uh, which would be the right to rule the earth under God. From Abraham came Israel, and God gave the kingdom as promised to Israel, Abraham's seed. Israel held it for several centuries, but finally became so corrupted, God took it from them and gave it to the Gentiles. And the first Gentile nation to receive it was Babylon, interestingly enough. Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon at that time. God called him his servant and gave him the kingdom. He had a dream, that is, Nebuchadnezzar did, but forgot it. And he wanted the magicians of Babylon to interpret it for him. They couldn't do it. But Daniel was among the wise men of Babylon at the time. He prayed to God, and God gave him the dream and the interpretation. A meeting was arranged for Daniel to speak with Nebuchadnezzar. And when Daniel told him the dream, well, Nebuchadnezzar remembered it. So he knew if Daniel could reveal the dream to him, he could also interpret it. And he did. Daniel explained that the kingdom was given to Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, but it would pass to Cyrus's Persia, whom God called his shepherd. These were the first rulers of the first two kingdoms to be exalted over the entire earth as God's appointed steward of the kingdom. Daniel explained that the kingdom would pass from Persia to Greece, and he described the first king of that kingdom, but did not identify him by name. It's the first king of the next world empire that conquered Persia. So, we know it's Alexander. Alexander was dedicated to Zeus. He was neither a servant nor a shepherd of God. And God does not acknowledge those who are not his. Remember that crowd of people who Jesus said, uh, they think they're Christians and they're going to cry out in the day and say, Lord, Lord, have not we this? And he's going to say what to them? I never knew you. Okay. Anyway, it was at the time of the third kingdom that Satan had a man over the world empire that was neither a servant nor a shepherd of God. Instead, he was a servant of Satan. 
It was at this time Satan received from God all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them, as he testified to Jesus in Matthew 4 and Luke 4. Anyway, it was at the time of the third kingdom that Satan had a man over the world empire that was neither a servant nor a shepherd of God, and instead a servant of Satan. And so it was at this time Satan received from God all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. But Daniel talked about a fourth kingdom that would follow Greece. However, he does not name the kingdom, and he does not expressly talk about the first king. Instead, he talks extensively about the last king of the fourth kingdom. Isn't that interesting? Most people think the fourth kingdom is Rome, but God could have named it like he did the others. The fact is, the fourth kingdom represents the Western powers that we can deduce. And Daniel actually was given the identity of the king who would arrive at the transition time of the third to the fourth kingdom. And that's in Daniel 9, 20 to 27. And we can confidently say that the 70 weeks prophecy reveals that Messiah the Prince would appear at the time between the third and the fourth kingdom or moving into the fourth kingdom. Messiah is Christ, Jesus, our Lord, and he is king over the fourth kingdom and was announced as a king at his birth by God. That's why the Spirit directed Paul to carry the gospel into the West. See? Anyway, the Western powers have dominated the kingdom and the gospel has had a huge impact, especially upon the Western powers. Others as well, but especially upon the Western powers. And particularly America. Christ declared all power was given to him in heaven and earth upon his resurrection. So he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. He rules over the kingdoms of men, and the wicked hate him and rage against his rule, and they strive to break out from under his rule. You see, it's as Patrick Hendry understood. America is built on the gospel of Christ and has been elevated to hold the kingdom. And that's, that's why it is the focus of attack by the haters of God who want to take the kingdom by force and violence. That's why tyrants and oppressors and dictators want to bring America down. What we have failed to understand is that the tares in this country have taken virtual control of every branch of our government. And they are using the influence they have in those positions to destroy America. They want to break the bands and cords of Christ from the earth. And to do that, they must take down America. They have succeeded so well that, for example, lately, Hawaii has struck down the Second Amendment. Yeah, virtually uh, every branch of government is anti-Christ. I mean, decidedly set against Christian patriotism. Nothing threatens these people more than Christians asserting influence in government or over it. Now, I'll follow up on this, but even though this has been going on for a long time, Obama, in his first and second, and now in his third term through the Biden administration, has made the Constitution virtually irrelevant. He and his ilk are working to bring America out from under God entirely and into the power of a one-world government ruled by Satan. Remember, Alexander the Great was represented in the Bible as a goat. He brought the world under Satan, who is represented as a covering cherub in the Bible. Ezekiel 28. Put this together. Baphomet, you know, is becoming popular. And you are seeing him increasingly represented in public as that uh, gender-blended, goat-headed cherub holding the children close, right? 
His sign is flashed by many popular personalities, and, and more and more so as we see the day approaching. Uh, the so-called Mano Cornuda, that's the horns up salute, in which a fist is formed with the index and pinky extended upward, indicating horns. This is especially significant when it's flashed, accompanied with uh, the inverted pentagram. Anyway, that's what's going on right now, my friends. Jesus Christ is king, and all mankind are his subjects. The children of darkness, also called the children of disobedience, are angry, and they want to rid the earth of Christ's influence. That's why they hate Trump. Like, like it or not, he is representing Christian patriotism. Come this Sunday for my answer explaining this, why it matters, and what Christians need to do right now. That's Sunday, a.m., 1045, during my Bible study. I'll continue talking about biblical guidelines for establishing and maintaining healthy, edifying, and mutually strengthening relationships and, and how to protect the relationships that are important to you from being destroyed by Satan. His most effective strategy against the Lord's church is to break down the love of the brethren and the strongest defense against Satan and Satanists is that we love one another. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. I'll see you for my Brain Massage live video podcast Saturday night at 8 p.m. And that's when I'll go ahead and dig into some of these other things I hoped to get to today, but uh, wasn't able to get to them. And you can find, by the way, my Brain Massage live video podcast uh, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. They begin at 8 o'clock. Uh, you can find me on Rumble or Facebook. I think they're also posted to Twitter uh, or X now. So check it out. And by the way, like the, the broadcast, if you do. I don't lie. But like the broadcast and subscribe and join our family of viewers. We got quite a few. I have lit the lamps in the Church Belfry Arch. And now you let me know you see that they are on. That lights on, lights off thing. Years ago, I was on the radio live. I used to do this live. I can't anymore because I travel so much. But uh, I was getting worked up, you know. I said, that should get the lights on out there. And calls came in and slammed the, uh, uh, the, the uh, answering service there with, uh, tell the pastor the lights are on. I've been putting my lights on and off of the cars I drive. <laughs> so that's where this lights on uh, thing comes in. So if you enjoy the show, call in and say lights on. If you don't enjoy the show, you can call and say lights off. That's all right. I want to hear from you. So anyway, email me. Go to our website, brainmassage.net, and find the contact button. Send me an email or a call. Leave a message for me on our listener response hotline, 805-314-2114. God bless you. God bless America. And I'll see you in church. The science of a brain massage. The brain masseur uses words like fingers to massage your gray matter, forming insights in the mind that stimulate the pituitary to signal the adrenal, to release nonepirephrine neurotransmitters, and to fire these neurons through the sympathetic nervous system affecting the heart. The skilled brain masseur uses incisive logic to arrest our attention and nuanced razor-sharp rhetoric to cut away the tangled knots in our brains. When these knots are removed, the electrical impulse of stimulating insights fire the neurotransmitters so they can leap the synapse gaps. This generates a sparkling effect in the brain that can cause the countenance of a brain massage listener to glow. 
Additionally, sudden outbursts of energy caused by the release of glucose throughout the body increases the heart rate, while the pituitary gland in the brain releases all five types of dopamine at once. And this creates that sense of euphoria experienced by many brain massage listeners. And that's the science of a brain massage. Most believe Satan owns the world and has the right to rule it. They think Christians should leave politics to unbelievers, that believers have no place in government. Well, Christians, how's that working for you? You see, the fact is Satan has fed you a lie. Satan depends on Christians staying in the dark about the fact that Jesus Christ defeated him and Satan has no right to rule one square inch of territory on this planet. Learn the truth. It will set you free. Satan wants you to believe the world belongs to him and that you, Christian, have no say and no place in it. But the secret is out. Jesus is king and all mankind are his subjects. Satan has no right to rule an inch of territory in the earth. Learn how to claim the earth for Jesus Christ. Get God's War. Go to GodsWar2020.com. Hey, you want to talk to the brain masseur? Call 805-314-2114. Your next brain massage is scheduled for Saturday at 12 noon and Sunday at 7 a.m.